0: It's fun to watch. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none.
1: Into the upper deck. Intexity <laughs> is not a curfew. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one.
2: Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast, everybody. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano, back with you as always. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're watching on uh, Mass and uh, All Access on Facebook. Watch that's, that's Mass and All Access is. Facebook page. Uh, also on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page. On the YouTube, yes. Or hopefully, yeah, you're, if not, if not, you're uh, catching up on um, uh, one of the podcast platforms that we can be found on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, and Spotify. Paul, I just did the numbers actually last week for Olivia. Uh, what do you think? Is the our, numbers. Crunch, just hacking the mainframe real quick. Just, uh, What do you think is our most popular platform? Was it worth it? Was it worth yes. it to make that typing sense? Oh, this computer <laughs> this is. My computer is, Yeah, um, sure it was. I
0: would guess that our most popular platform is um, anywhere where people can
2: see our beautiful faces. Oh. Well, I had Sorry, not done the, my beautiful. Uh, oh, right. Well, there you are. You're right there. Uh, I have not done the video uh, numbers yet, but our most popular platform is Apple podcasts. Really? Yeah. That's where I that's where I consume my Yeah, podcasts. Me too. I think it's a majority of people have uh, iPhones nowadays and, and tune in that way. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you all to all those who subscribe and follow along. We've got a good show for you today. Packed. Trade deadline is coming up, so we're going to mostly talk about uh, the Nationals' approach to the trade deadline. Intern Brendan is, has a new segment, uh, Deal or No Deal, so we'll, we'll get him on the pod in just a few minutes uh, to uh, play that little game on. But Paul, real quick, before we get to the trade deadline, the Nationals yeah. finished up an important series in Atlanta, four games. They managed to split the four games with the Braves. Um, you felt like, I felt like that they had a chance to win the series, um, because they felt like they they could have won Friday night. And, you know, last night, the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game, uh, I think it was closer than the the final score showed. Kevin Gosman shoved for the Braves. Uh, I I thought Joe Ross, for his first start of the season, pitched well enough for the team. The bats just went silent. But um, they, I guess, by splitting the four games... Nats really didn't move anywhere in the standings. Yeah,
0: they've the last going back to the last game of the series against the Phillies, where they took that series, but they lost on the walk off. They've gone loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So they are just they're just one step one one forward, one back. Yeah. Um, But in that amount of time, they've only lost half a game to the Braves. So in, in terms of the standings, so. Yeah, I mean, last night might have been a little bit closer, but they they felt like they were, felt like they were climbing uphill though, pretty much the whole game. Yeah, they I go mean, down in the first inning. Right. And they only get the one run. The bullpen just kind of salted the game away. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of the issues that we saw with this Nationals team in the first half of the season, I feel like, came back to rear its, uh, their ugly heads yeah. last night yeah. uh, in terms of the bullpen really struggling, and for whatever reason, the bats just weren't getting it. Uh, look, the Braves are a really good team. The right. Braves are, are, for right now at least, are the best team in the division. Um, it, it, the they just remember they they took two of three from the Phillies just a short time ago. I mean, if, if you split a series, obviously it's not ideal because you want to make up some ground at some point, but it's, it's not the end of the world. You won that, the game three of that series, five to three, um, last night was just, it was frustrating. Um, yeah. it, it, it does feel like they could have made up some ground, um but they just for whatever reason, have cooled off just the slightest amount, but at least they 're not like hemorrhaging right now right.
2: I think this series kind of um encapsulated what the nats need to do at the trade deadline or the fix like it showed off they need bullpen help yeah um I, I agree with the um the thought process of trying to give Fernando Rodney two innings on Friday night and not bringing i'm not a big fan of and obviously we <laughs> we know here in Baltimore. The Zach Britton wildcard game. I'm not a big fan of being the road team and bringing your closer in in the ninth game of a of a tied game in the ninth yeah. inning of a tied game. I, I you need him for those because you have to close out the game as the road team um, on 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 the mound. You need him if you get the lead. So I, I get that, but that still that shows that they need bullpen help. And then last night shows that they need they might need a fifth starter. Yeah.
0: Well, as as you know, how it's interesting because the first f- few months of the season, it was like there they were. Worse they were bet much better than their record. Yeah. And then it feels like the past couple months they were a a little bit worse than that hot streak. Mm-hmm. So like they were underperforming and then overperforming, I think. So I think this I agree. I think this kind of um stretch has cemented the idea that They're a good team. They're just not a perfect team right Right, now. Right. But there are only the Yankees and the Dodgers are maybe the two closest things to perfect right now. Yeah. And the Braves
2: are, I don't think they're perfect, but they're just playing so well
0: as a unit. Like everyone's just hitting on all
2: cylinders. And they're a deeper team right now. Right. Yeah.
0: um, Which is just based on the fact that they have a lot more youth in the farm system and whatnot. Yeah. Um, In terms of, yeah, having Rodney with the two innings. I, I get not wanting to use Sean Doolittle in that yeah. instance. Absolutely. And I get that it was kind of a tough turnaround because they were losing by two in the ninth. Right. They were, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you, you plan for all scenarios. Managers plan for all that kind of stuff. But it is kind of tough to then turn around and say, okay, we got to get Sean up. And, you know. Right, right, right. Um, it was just part of the way I feel like it played out with, him signaling to Soto in the outfield to come in a little bit. And they thought in the bullpen that they were signaling, he was signaling Sean Doolittle to start warming. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a bad look. Um, But that was, I mean, look, that's kind of stuff happens. Right. And it's like, you know, they're playing in a visitor's ballpark where the bullpen's in a different spot. And they were kind of confused as to where that was. I, I, I don't think it was a smart decision to try to pitch Rodney two innings. He hadn't pitched two innings in years, right? Right. I mean, it had been several years.
2: I I, I see it two ways. I I, I think we both agree that we're okay with the not using Doolittle in that situation, tie game, yeah, the ninth um, as the visiting team. It fits to the, the home team, obviously, maybe because you yeah. have a chance to walk it up at the bottom of the ninth. Um, but I I we can disagree with the Rodney thing. I see, I kind of get the idea of let's see what we have in him. Like, can he do this? Because right. you know. Down the stretch in September, in October, hopefully, you know, you, you might need multiple innings from guys. You know, you you only have so many pitches. You need your best guys at all times. So let's see what we got from – can he do it, can he not? But also understand, like, all right, he hasn't done it in such a long time. He's up there in age. Yeah. He's probably not as durable. Um, or conditioned to go two innings as a younger guy, throw anybody else in other than Doolittle at this scenario and try to get out of it.
0: Well, and I thought Mark Zuckerman put it really well where he was like, look, it was just bound to happen. They were winning it for whatever reason during that two month stretch. Anytime that, you know, Victor Robles hits that tie Homer, they win that game. Right. It it just, for whatever reason, the ball was bouncing their way every single time. It felt like they were bound to make some mistakes. And, you know, for all of the flack that Davey gets in terms of his bullpen management, and he does get a lot, he has over the past, you know, in that two month stretch, he was pulling the right levels. Yeah, re- levers, and he, you know, like all managers, gets ten times the criticism when he does something wrong, but you know, a fraction of the praise when he does something. Right. right. And
2: I think we've been harping that tune for a while. these over the stretch too. Is say, like, Hey, Davy deserves credit for yeah. what he's, I mean, it's not just, yes, they're healthy. Yes. Everyone's playing well, but you know, Davy gets some credit for making the right moves as well at the right times. You know, they don't win some of these games without him yeah. pulling, pushing the right buttons. So, uh, yeah, it was bound to happen. Um, you know it just kind of it does feel like a sort of a missed opportunity because you had yes, you could have won 3 out of 4 in Atlanta against the number against the team you're you're chasing in the division getting some ground there you end up splitting four um you do have to play them again obviously Yeah. so there's plenty of opportunity to catch up it's just also like Atlanta might be the hottest team in baseball right now so like now we can, the Nationals can't control the Braves losing you know yeah, like yeah. it was playing them is the only way you can control them losing who's to say that yeah. Atlanta won't go and now win like you know eight of their next 10 and the Nationals can't con- even if the yeah. Nationals win eight of their next 10 that doesn't help it you know yeah the they, game, it's out of their control now it they get those four games are t-
0: like twice as important right because it's a win
2: you know? right, yeah and yeah. it adds a loss to them that's how you gain you can yeah. gain a full you can control gaining one full game in the standings yeah um yeah Still, I, you know, it's not, it, I,
0: I totally understand the frustration, and especially because they had dominated the game before, and it felt like this is a chance to kind of, like, step on their necks a little bit. Yeah. And like, you know, you you have a chance now to build some momentum against this team, and, um, you know, that would have been an incredibly deflating loss for the Braves if they had lost that, yeah. they, where they were had the lead all game, and Victor Robles, amazingly, like he and Soto have done all year, tied in the ninth. And uh, if they had lost that game, that would have been very deflating for the yeah. Braves. He
2: had a robust time himself a series. Yeah. That great diving catch last night. Amazing defense. Amazing night. defense. Um, it is the switch to the starting position role because we talked about that, too, and how the fifth start. Again, I think Joe Ross, for his first start, he's having such an up-and-down, weird season in terms of he's coming out of the bullpen. He's been a triple-A. Um, now being his first start, I, I thought he pitched admirably. You know, it was I don't think he pitched them out fine. of the game. Yeah. It was a two-run game until the eighth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I, I think. But it still highlights the fact that they might need a fifth starter. Now, we also talked about you probably don't need a fifth starter come October, right. but they might need a fifth starter to get them to October. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to ask Because also you- it's like, they could have won three out of four without Max Scherzer pitching right. this weekend, and that feels another like a missed opportunity. Well,
0: I was going to ask you, Bobby, because during the Battle of the Beltways, we asked Eddie Matz, who from ESPN um, was, you know, keeping an eye on who scouts were watching and such, and I asked him whether they, th- he, I thought that they were going to go after a fifth starter. He didn't seem to think that they would. Yeah. Have you personally seen enough to think that they, this team will be fine, assuming they just get bullpen help and they don't go after a fifth starter? I
2: think bullpen help has got to be the priority. Definitely. I th- and we saw reports even come out this morning that they're already looking, especially emphasizing a lefty. Um, so they're eyeing two relievers, particularly uh, left-handed pitchers. Um, I think that's the top priority. It's a tricky it's tricky. I mean, I don't know. We will have to see what intern Brendan says later on in deal a <laughs> no deal if there are any viable starters that you know could be worth them trading for. Again, it's a trade. You have to give up pieces yeah. to get a piece. So who are you gonna giving up? I, I think if I think if they do the minimum of getting two relievers, they can and, and they're solid relievers, guys who they can count on in the seventh, eighth to get the ball to Sean Doolittle. I think they can get by the rest of the season. With the rotation that they have and putting in, well, both is on the IL, but both, Fetty, Ross. Right. That combination. Yeah. I think that combination can get you every fifth day. Again, it's one, that thing, you know, just don't put the team out of the, you yeah. know, get a qual, if you can get a quality start, maybe a little less, like five innings of under three run ball. That's that's all you right. need, and just you gotta hope your bats can pick yeah.
0: pick them up. Well, I think there are a couple factors too in play in terms of I think t- starters tend to be more expensive on the open market, right. the trade market than they do than do relievers, um, because relievers are slightly less reliable and starters just eat up a lot of innings. And so, you know, the Nats are kind of in an a tough spot in terms of they're gonna need to save the prospects for to trade for For relievers relievers, right and so if they're already doing those deals will they have enough left over even and you might have your best prospect that you might trade at this deadline if you're looking for a starter even if it's a mediocre starter is going to have to be um somebody good the other or you know you're going to have to give up a good prospect right the other thing at, at play here is this is i look back to maybe 2017 when the team made the playoffs and they they dominated down the stretch and you know the whole the whole way and they clinched in mid-september and they had a very clear need of the bullpen and they did have strasburg miss some games here scherzer miss some games there but they pieced it together because they were able to because they were so far ahead in the standings right the nats need every single game it's true every single game and so joe rossi did pitch admirably last night but how much can you rely on him if you need him just to make? I don't know. Maybe you may need him to make three starts down the rest of the way. Yeah. Well, maybe those three games end up being the difference in the in the NL wild card. Yeah. So it's I. I while I like the idea, I think Fetty is a capable fifth starter. I am less convinced on both and Ross at this
2: point. Yeah. I think though it's, it is tricky. How do you feel about because some of the downfalls of the trade deadline is that you know every team knows what what other teams are want, need, yeah, right? Exactly. So every team knows, any team that the Nationals might make a deal with knows that they need bullpen help. Yeah. So they're going to ask for a high price because they know that's their biggest need. Yeah, Is that a scenario where they can maybe, teams aren't expecting them to go after a starter. They know they might need a starter, but right. that's not their priority. Can that allow the Nationals to kind of sneak under the radar and snag a starter and, uh, and maybe go reliever starter instead yeah. of two relievers? Maybe. I just
0: think there are so many teams right now and the Nats should be happy that they're not one of them, that need two, three starting pitchers. That's true. I mean, the Yankees, as great as they are, they could buy three starting pitchers. at the Like, yeah. you know, they, they have that need, and they could go after that. The Phillies in the division need two starters, yeah. like two good starters. They might need to go get Marcus Stroman. So i it, it with that with the fact that I don't know it seems like there are less um starters on the trading block this year potentially i maybe the nats could f- maybe be able to sneak into that category. I just think there are so many teams that right now that are desperate for multiple starters that right. they could get bought up and and outbid rather quickly yeah
2: yeah, and again, it goes back to the, the they they have a small pool to. To drive talent. Of talent, the, of talent yeah. to pull from in terms of trade chips. You know, yeah. guys they can dangle in front of teams that might um, want to trade for them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, trade deadline, again, coming up in, what, nine days? Next week, uh, next Wednesday. Uh, obviously, we'll have all the coverage of the Nats trade deadline. Moves on Mass and All Access. We'll have a jam-packed show the day of, leading up to the 4 o'clock deadline and through it. Yeah. So keep lo- locked in for, um, for all that coverage. Um, any other conversation? Yeah, well, I wanted to go through... I, I was looking back at you know it, it's it's I, I know intern Brendan's it, biting at the it it back there yeah, yeah he's itching at the here. itching chomping at the, the bit chomping at the bit mm-hmm. what does that even mean like like a dog like a dog when a like, bit I think like a treat like you know how like when you like oh. are training a dog and they're like, oh they're, like, they kinda yeah nibble at your hand because they're expecting a treat well he is chomping to do this bit right
0: yeah, is, he, yeah um but real quickly hindsight is twenty twenty. And people love to... If they have one criticism of Mike Rizzo, it's that he ends up trading guys who are prospects at the time, who end up being actual players in kind of short-term win-now moves. And I think that that is a little overblown because if it weren't for a, a couple Game 5 losses, you know, we would be saying... Like, the, the in, in theory, I love using the idea of that, the Eraltis-Chapman deal. The Eraltis-Chapman deal... Obviously, right now, would the Cubs rather have Glaber Torres than Raulds Chapman than than half a year of Raulds Chapman? Yes, but they'd also rather have that World Series trophy yeah. than you know, than uh, a whole career of Glaber Torres if they never win. Right. So, you know, if if you win, everything is worth it. The problem is the Nats haven't won, and they so they don't have anything to show for those short term short term moves. That being said, I do kind of want to look back at three of the mo- more recent deals in which the Nats were in seasons where they were pushing all their chips to the uh, into the middle, yep. and were making short-term win right now moves, and they ended up trading guys who have had success with other teams. And I want to say, if with hindsight being twenty twenty, knowing that the Nats didn't win in those years, would you rather take the pieces that they traded, or would you rather have the pieces that they have now in the organization? Let's do it to it, Lars. So, one of the more uh, recent ones that. You could easily argue was a win for the Nats because of what he, you got back was the Sean Doolittle trade to the with the A's. Mm-hmm. So that deal was Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen at the time, and Madsen obviously no longer with the team, um, and I, I don't think he's officially retired, but he is not playing for any team to, that I know of, and he's like 38 at this point. So what you have left in the organization right now is Sean Doolittle. What you gave up in that trade... We're three guys, and two of them right now are major leaguers. The other one is is 23, still in the minors, probably not going to be a major leaguer, or probably not going to be an impact major leaguer. Mm-hmm. So would you rather right now have Sean Doolittle or Jesus Lazardo and Blake Trinan? Sean Doolittle. Okay. Yeah. Um, Doolittle right now, as we know, having an amazing season. Yeah. Another ama- had another amazing season last year. You get that lefty closer down the stretch for this Nats team that we know he has been maybe one of the MVPs of this team because of how important he has been yep on the other side of the coin Blake Trinan was awesome last year he has struggled this year he's got an ERA of 446 yeah he's pitched 40 and a third innings and his whip is way high for a reliever 1.6 something The other guy in this deal is actually really interesting. Jesus Lazardo is being hailed. He has not made his Major League debut yet. He's 21 years old. He's the number 14 prospect in all of baseball. Some think he could be a future ace. Now, obviously, he wouldn't be able to help your team probably this season. Yeah. But... Would you rather have that guy that you know can fit into the rotation next year when maybe you don't have Anibal Sanchez, when you, know, you may need somebody right after Corbin and Strasburg in that rotation?
2: Just so I'm clear on the question, are you asking right now, as of right now, sure. or are you asking, was this the right trade?
0: I think I, 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 right now, just right now. Right now, who would I rather have? Would you rather have Trinan and Lizardo or Doolittle on your team, in your organization?
2: Uh, Doolittle. Okay. I think I would take Doolittle because, again, Trinan, right, like you said, I mean, Blake Trinan made it to the All-Star team last year. Weird him pitching in the All-Star game at Nats Park last year. But, yeah. um, like you said, he uh, that might have been a blip in the radar. I mean, that might have right. just been a, an oddity. He hasn't been that great. We saw him try to be the closer in D.C. for the first half of that season. And it, to to no avail, he was not particularly he really struggled. He really role. struggled in that role. And uh, his Luzardo is one of those guys that's, yes, great. He's the number, what, 14 14. prospect in baseball? Fantastic, but still unproven. Still, we don't know. There's a question mark. I mean, we haven't seen, what, has he, is he in AAA? I think he's up to AAA now. Up to AAA, so he's just getting there right now, getting his feet wet in in AAA ball. It's just too much of a question mark where you know what Sean Doolittle is. You know he's your bona fide closer. He is an all-star closer you can trust him to get the last three outs in a high-leverage situation. Yeah. And I think he's just more, way more proven. Doolittle's
0: option for next year is a team option? That's what I was
2: asking yeah. about. Are you asking, like, right forget? now who would I rather have? Or yeah. overall, looking back, was it the right move? I think it's 100% the right move the right because, move the because the yeah. Sean Doolittle, had, one, he's been so effective, but two, his contract was so team-friendly, it was like a no-brainer. Yeah. And he's Actually, not expensive, and the team controls him. had will be controlling him for the next couple of years. And lazardo was... We-
0: yeah. When they made the deal. And Lazardo was not the prospect that he is now. Then I, right. And he I was, think the third guy in that deal was Dane Dunning. I believe Dane Dunning was the Adam Eaton. Or the, that deal. was the Adam Eaton deal. Yeah. Um, there was another guy in that deal that, you know, might've been even a higher rated prospect at the time. Let's see if I can pull it up. For um, as opposed to Lazardo. Lazardo really kind of blew up in the past year or two, which is another th- thing also that in terms of like, I think that's something. Sheldon Noose. Sheldon Noose. Um, that the A's system also, I think, tends to just – they've got a great system in terms of developing talent. So they probably helped him along. And who knows if he would be that same type of prospect at this point.
2: The A's, like – I mean, obviously, we know about Moneyball, and we know that Oakland is not a, a huge market. And obviously, the whole deal with their stadiums, it shows the situation. Yeah, yeah. But they sne- – and, all, you know, they're not one of the more – they don't have probably, – probably one of the least – smallest payrolls in all of baseball right but it's it's incredible how much of a sneaky great organization they are because like you just said you know they don't have they're not the yankees not the dodgers but they are consistently pretty competitive you know they were they made the wild card game the al walker game just a few years ago i believe um yeah last year last year and they lost the the yankees Yankees. was that last year was that last year brendan intern brendan when the yankees beat the a's in the wild card last year um and then like you said their farm system they there's chocked full of young talent up and coming. Yeah. So that it feels like they have that kind of consistent rotating door there. Yeah. It's of,
0: not just the guys that they get. They're great at drafting, but it's the way that they develop yeah. these guys, which so is this guy, just uh, as important. Sheldon
2: Noose. Um, I don't think he's made the big he's league. He's not made exhibition. his big league. He looks like he just got the AAA last year. Yeah. So he's been at AAA Las Vegas this year.
0: So he's, 0.93 he's games. He's not listed in their top 30 prospects, although deep system, but he's two. listed
2: as a third baseman, shortstop and relief pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, Stevie uh, Wilkerson, yeah, I guess so. Um,
0: all right, another deal for you in terms of, and again, this is just who would you rather have right now on your team? Remember the Adam Eaton deal? Yes, seen as an overpay at the time at the winter meetings in DC, then was seen. Then Giolito struggled, and then it was seen as less of an overpay. And now, who knows? Jury is still kind of out. The deal would you rather have at this point Dane Dunning, Lucas Giolito, and Ronaldo Lopez, or Adam Eaton? So since that trade, Dane Dunning, he's 23, has not made it out of AA yet, He's got, but he's doing pretty well down in AA, 2.76 ERA. Ronaldo Lu- Lopez, 25 years old, uh, this year he had an okay year last year, this year not so much for the White Sox, Set 5.76 ERA in 20 starts, and then, of course, the, the um, jewel of that trade for the White Sox was Lucas Giolito, he's 24. We all know, terrible season last year, all-star this year. Struggled a little bit out of the all-star break since then. Okay. Um, but still, 3.12 ERA in 19 starts. Or would you rather have Adam Eaton
2: currently at his current age with his contract? This is one of those ones where, like, it, the phrasing of the question is important because... Yeah. Right. Would, would I have right now. Yeah. I'd rather have Lucas Giolito because the Nats need a fifth starter. Right. And he's an all-star starter this year. And he's pitching really well. Looking back at it, though, at the time, I... I I think it was still the right move. The Adam Eaton was the guy, the perfect guy the Nats needed. They needed a leadoff guy and a, and a corner outfielder or a guy who could play center all three outfield positions. Um, and uh, Lucas Giolito, for whatever reason, just didn't at the time they didn't come to fruition. You know, he was a top prospect for so long, made his major league debut with the Nationals. It was a very exciting day, but then he just kind of always struggled and never lived up to the hype. And for whatever reason, the Nats saw in him they were like, hey, this. We don't. I don't think this. We don't think this guy is going to be who we thought he was. So we're okay dealing him. Um, I at the time also thought losing Ronaldo Lopez was more of a deal than than Lucas Gilito. And you, like you just said, Lope, uh, Lopez has been struggling as well. He got an ERA close to six. Yeah. Um. In just twenty starts, so. Um, still twenty five, but, but right. Yeah. But at the time, it's kind of yeah. it's, It is fun to play this game because at the time I was like, I think losing Lopez is a more of a big because he at the time he was pitching yeah. way better than Giolito, and now it's totally reversed. Because I, the question right now, Giolito because that's who the Nats need, right? Um, but at the time, Adam Eaton because he was the. Who he he was, who they needed back yeah. in what was it, 2017 off season Yeah, or 2016 before the before 2017, 2017 season. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it is interesting to well, and also, you know, I, I want to call this game hindsight as 2020 because the you there was no way you could have predicted right 23 games into the 2017 season, Eaton was gonna tear his ACL, right? I mean, imagine and you know, anything could have happened down that stretch. I, I just think of game five of the 2017 NLDS where Jason Worth for whatever reason missed a fly ball in the up maybe they have Adam Eaton out there and left maybe you know there's any number of scenarios maybe Adam Eaton is a you know slightly better player if he didn't tear his ACL maybe Mm -hmm. you know it's it's impossible to tell it's just interesting right now whether you would rather and then the the other offshoot of like well maybe if Adam Eaton If they hadn't made that trade for Adam Eaton, maybe they would have been slightly more motivated to re-sign Bryce Harper, and maybe you know there are all these separate what-if scenarios. Yeah,
2: so many like uh, I know you're a community fan, like the
0: the, darkest timeline, the the
2: timeline (laughs) episode. Um, Yep, it's it's so many different things could have happened. Exactly, and like that, and Adam Eaton until he got hurt, he was playing like the exact player that the Nationals thought he was and needed. He was getting on base. He was the perfect little man, stealing bases, playing solid defense in the outfield you know, scoring a lot of runs yeah. for the team. You know, he was the guy on base when you have guys like Ryan Zimmerman, Bryce Harper, Jason Worth behind him in the lineup, yeah. and, and and him and Trey Turner were a perfect one-two punch at the top, or you could flip them at the bottom of the lineup too. Right. Um, so until he got a hurt, he was like the perfect guy, and it seemed like, yeah, that was a no-brainer trade yeah. for the Nationals.
0: Exactly. If he had played close to 162 each of the last three years – might be looking at this a whole lot differently. But right
2: now, as of where everything stands yeah. on July 22nd, 2019, I, I think the Nationals need Yuclidealito. That's fair. All right, the final one.
0: Um, This one. I almost have too many outfielders
2: now. Yeah, because yeah. also who who would have thought that Juan Soto would become? <laughs> yeah, we had no right. idea. So yeah. you wouldn't have to trade for an, an outfielder yeah. back back then if you knew Juan Soto and Victor Robles were gonna right. make it to the major leagues this quickly
0: and then and but, be this good. And then if you th- real think about it, then it's like they're they're all kind of scenari- Yeah, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> another one I want to throw out there because his name has floated around here a lot is Felipe Vasquez. So he was dealt in the deal for Mark Melanson. Um, who obviously is no longer on the team, I think he was a pending free agent, and he bolted that free
2: agency. Yes, he did. Um, so he sent a big deal with the Giants. That's
0: right. So the Mark Melanson trade, as you may recall, was Taylor Hearn and Felipe Vasquez. So the the Taylor Hearn has appeared in one major league game, I think. All right. He's got an ERA of 108.
2: No, no decimals. A good, a good, just a solid one hundred eight. I think it's,
0: I think it's an even one hundred eight. All right. I think it's so. That's what six times uh, Trevor Rosenthal's roughly. No, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and obviously Vasquez, who is pitching like one of the best relievers in baseball right now with Pittsburgh, he's got a one point nine one ERA and forty two innings pitched. He might even be out of the Nationals' price range,
2: and if they want to go and get him, that's how good he has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pirates are also like weirdly like toeing that line of, well, we might be competitive, so we might yeah. not, we might be buying as opposed to selling. True. So it's like,
0: um, but this one is, is kind of tough to say, what would you, you know, would you rather have them now because the Nats no longer have Mark Melanson. Right. So <laughs> that yeah. makes
2: this question more interesting because like the other option is nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> would you have a player or not a player? Yeah,
0: exactly. And it's, it's, again, it, it all comes back to these are, when you make these win now moves, you accept the possibility that you could look like an idiot five (laughs) years down the line. Yeah. Like with, you know, Theo Epstein might, if, if they don't win the world series there, he might be already run out of Chicago (laughs) because in theory, because he traded one of the best infielders, um, at least in the AL East right now in Torres, um, and three other guys to get half a year of Araldis Chapman. So, it, it, when you it, when it you win and when it works out, you look like an, a genius. But if you don't, you don't. So yeah. it's it's always tough to tell. Yeah,
2: kind of the same thought process for me as the previous deal uh, at the time. I I believed it was the right move. I think that's kind of a, a good. Yeah, everyone kind of agrees that that's at the time it was the the Nationals needed a closer. Yeah, and Mark Melanson fit the bill. Um, but right now, obviously, Mark Melanson. What I mean, what is he pitching? I don't think he's
0: having a good year at all. He's still with
2: the Giants, I'm assuming. I think he is. And, you know, I would obviously rather have uh, Felipe Vasquez because he's an all-star. Yeah. And he's, like, exactly what the Nationals need right now in their bullpen. He he uses, like, the perfect setup guy for Sean Doolittle. And and it's a dire need. I obviously would rather have him as opposed to Mark Melanson or nothing.
0: Actually, Mark Melanson's having an okay year, three point eight. I know he
2: really struggled
0: his first year with the Giants. Yes. 4.50 Four point five oh ERA But also person. it's like
2: if you don't trade for Mark Melanson and then let him walk that offseason you don't have you don't trade for Sean you don't have Sean Doolittle. True. You know, so it's like one of those all everything kind of yeah plays out for a reason. Um weirdly, Sean Doolittle and Mark Melanson will always be kind of connected because you know if the Nats re sign Melanson, then they don't get Doolittle and then look how Melanson turned out. Yeah. Well Melanson now we're even in a, in a more of a dire need of a bullpen up. You need to do like a kind of a three peat trade that they did in 2016 yeah. or 17.
0: Melanson is now part of a Giants bullpen that is absolutely one of the best, if not the best, in baseball right now. And uh, who knows? He could appear on Brendan's Deal or No Deal. Yeah.
2: Should we, get, should we, should we invite him on? All right. for A quick, quickly, uh, quick message from intern Brendan, and then we'll get into Deal or No Deal.
1: Hey Nationals fans, Brendan Mortensen here with the Masson All Access Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. When we're all wrapped up, be sure to head over to massonsports.com for everything Nationals. This week, Mark Zuckerman fills you in on some obstacles that the Nats could be facing at the trade deadline. Plus, Byron Kerr tells you everything you need to know from the Washington's previous series in Atlanta. Those stories and more can be found right there on massonsports.com.
2: Welcome back to the Mass and All Access podcast by Blanco and Paul Mancano, joined by intern Brendan, who's got a that's new game me. for us. How's it going, Brendan? It's
1: going pretty well. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. Thanks for joining us. You're caught in the middle between us. Usually, when people are in between t- uh, Paul and I, it's, you're, they're caught in a pickle, but you're the one playing the game with us today, as opposed to us playing with you. It's my game. It's my yeah. rules. We're in his pickle. We are. It's, we are. It's Brendan's pickle. We're all just living in it. We're just living, we're in, just it. living ah,
1: in it. We really are. Trade pickle.
2: Um, all right. So the game is: you are proposing uh, possible deals that the Nationals could make at the trade deadline to improve their team for a playoff push, and we are saying whether it is a deal or a no deal. Yes. Correct. Yes. All right.
0: Correct. So I've like, never actually seen the show.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. You know that that show with like Howie Mandel, and they yeah. have like the briefcases and like the money, and you have to yep. guess how I'm much. Yeah, I'm vaguely aware. Yeah, it's nothing. It's like nothing. That. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> it's literally nothing like it's that. Not like, cool. Um, so I have you five know, if, relievers. Okay.
0: If you were committed to the bit, you would have shaved your head. All right. Continue. Go ahead. I just didn't show enough yep. commitment. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I have five relievers. Make- I have trade proposals for all of them. Okay. And okay. you, as general manager of the Nats,
2: into the microphone, Brendan, tell yeah.
1: me whether or not you would accept that deal. All right. Okay. All right. First on the list is Shane Green, Tigers reliever, all star this year, has a great ERA, 22 saves. Reports have said that the Tigers want Carter Keeboom. <laughs> For Shane Green, oh. do you accept that deal? One for one? One for one. Let's say Carter Keboom for Shane Green. What's Shane Green's contract look like? Expires at the end of this year. No. no nope. No way. That's a hard no for in me. No. That's,
2: no, that's going to be a no for me, dog. I'm yeah. a combined American Idol and deal or no deal. That's as, no for me, dog.
1: As much
0: as Carter Keyboom struggled in the little experience he got in the major leagues earlier this season, he is still a top 20 prospect in baseball. He is still potentially the... Second baseman of the future, maybe third base if Anthony Rendon walks. I don't do that deal.
2: Also, just to clarify, are we putting ourselves in Mike Rizzo's shoes in in, in this game or are we Bobby Blanco and Paul Mancano to saying yes or no?
1: I think you two saying yes is or there, no. Is there is there a difference? <laughs> Well, like, because, like, yeah, I think... Like, if we you might two think were the general of the something, I'm going... Oh, what like, do we think
0: if like, he would have done... Yeah, right, if he uh, would do that. Like,
2: now. yeah, are we thinking Mike Rizzo would make this deal or are we saying I would admit, or would not no, make like this No, right? right? yeah, like, yeah. you two... Maybe? Cause yeah, yeah, I would you two make Because I would say... Well, I think this is an easy one. I think it's a no across the board. But I would also say, like, uh, you know, Mike Rizzo, I'm putting myself in his shoes. I, I have a strong feeling that he's not going to part yeah. ways with Carter Keeboom, Lu- Luis Garcia... And maybe Mason Dunneberg. The so then top scratch top top all prospect. scratch
1: all those. Okay, right. so I figured that you guys would I both say no. I feel like he's no. not going
2: to uh, part with his top yeah. prospects.
1: I figured you guys would say no to that deal, so I proposed another one. It's, again, a one-for-one one swap, but this time Counter for number four overall prospect in the Nats organization, Will Crow. Ooh. He projects as maybe a number four, number five starter. He's estimated to come up to the majors next year. So do you give up a guy who could be a back end of the rotation mm. starter when that's kind of a need currently for Shane Green, who can maybe help you make a playoff push? So Will Pro is 24.
0: Going. He is a 3.81 ERA currently this season between AA and AAA. So he's no he's no Carter Keeboom in that he's like
2: twenty twenty one. What do you say, Bobby? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say deal. Uh, back end of the rotation starter. The Nationals, that's kind of where they – have the most depth. I mean, we just talked about the first half of this podcast, you know, Joe Ross, Eric Fetty, and Austin Voth. Those are the three guys that will, once again, probably probably be competing for that job next spring training. Um, I, I would say that Will Crow is further along than those three guys as options for a fifth starter rotation. So I'm going to say yes, Shane Green. I would think his, Will Crow's
0: age kind of concerns me. If he were a little bit younger, though, would make me feel a little bit better about it. Still... I, I don't think I, – I, I worry would still worry about this being turning into one of those categories like the other deals that we mentioned earlier, Bobby, where in five years down the line this just looks like a bad deal. Yep. And I know you can't be worried about perception like that if you're a GM, well, but – It's also the game you play. I mean, yeah, you got to take risks. I think with uh, – and I agree that they do still have some depth in terms of Fetty and Voth uh, and maybe even Ross, but Anibal Sanchez – is probably not going to stick around long-term with this team. They obviously, Jeremy Hellickson, not going to stick around long-term with this team. They obviously have the big three loaded, but Steven Strasburg has some options here or there. I'm going to stick with the potential starter as opposed to half a year
1: of an excellent reliever. All right, so we've got one deal. We've got one no deal. Yes. All
0: right. I would also like to point out, I mentioned you should have shaved your head for... Uh, the the role of Howie, Howard Mandel. Is that his it's name? Howard. Howie. Howie, Howard. sorry. Thank uh God. and Maybe, and maybe uh, short for Howard. If we were going to be Mike Rizzo, we should have shaved our heads. We That's should have true. three bald heads right now if we were yep. really committed to the bit.
1: Yep. Well, just the people listening don't know that. So maybe they think we have shaved heads, but you just gave it away. I did give it away. And also, we tease our
0: YouTube, and, and what, what do we not want people to watch? What do you think? This face... That. This That's face, a no deal, Brendan. This face makes... It gets a thousand views just for this face instantly 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 all right. all
1: right next up i threw two guys together because they've got similar track records they're both on the giants it's sam dyson and tony watson so i'm basing this deal off of what the astros had to give up to acquire ryan presley last year he had around the same era did the same kind of thing so this deal the nats give up the number 14 prospect seth romero ooh and the number 18 prospect, Rowdy Reed. And in return, Ooh. they either get Sam Dyson or Tony Watson. Either. either. Not, not both. Yes, not um, both.
2: Two for one. Who?
1: I say probably yes. Yeah, I'm saying yes.
0: I say yes. Seth Romero, for all of the talent that he has, has not had a good track record off the field. Uh, had issues coming out of school, um, got kicked out of Nat Spring training camp. Um, who knows eventually if this kid, he's still very young, uh, still very talented. Yeah. And also, Rowdy Reed is, what, 25 now at this point? They are. Projects is
1: probably a backup catcher. Yeah. In the
0: they're, yeah. A backup catcher is worth a good 50 games max, probably. Um,
2: also, he I, served a 50 game suspension. True. True. So he has some off field troubles as well. Uh, I would do this deal. Yeah. I would too. I would. I am in favor. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because he. The Nationals took a risk on him and made him a top a first-round draft pick, but I think cat's out of the bag on Seth Romero. I, 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 I'm in favor of getting him out of the organization. I just think it's he needs a, probably a new start elsewhere, and that's just the way it is. So I am all for getting him out of the organization and getting something back.
1: <laughs> all right, so we've got two deals for Bobby, one deal for Paul. Next up, we've got Jake Diekman. He's the Royals reliever. This trade was a little trickier because Diekmann – has not been fantastic this year. He's one of the more interesting names on the market. He doesn't have a great ERA. Doesn't really have an amazing track record. He's just a guy who's more or less a reliable arm in mm-hmm. the bullpen. I would say. Yeah. Um. So in this trade, I would say you're giving up uh, Dakota Backus. He is a 28 year old pitcher right now in Triple A. He's not one of the top 30 prospects, but he yeah. does currently have an ERA under three. In AAA, so he's having a good year. And most likely, another guy you would... Maybe a player to be named later. Okay. Maybe like a younger Dominican League-level player. Sure. 16, 17-year-old. You swap those two guys for Jake Diekman.
0: Deekman's contract. Do you happen to know the terms? Let's see. Signed through 2019. Just yeah. a one-year deal. Another one-year deal. And then a 2020, a 2020 mutual option, so they can walk away. Uh, and it's, there's only $2.75 million. Now, I know... You know, in terms of trades, you you don't pick up his entire contract. But I think it's also interesting with all of this stuff that we're not privy to is exactly how close the Nationals are to the luxury tax. Excellent point. Exactly how willing the ownership is is going to be to delve into the luxury tax if they need to with some of these deals and the amount of money that they're going to pick up. So that's just something we can throw on the back burner. I would probably do this deal. Diekman last year, I remember, got traded at the deadline to the Diamondbacks and sucked. He was <laughs> not good. He had, <laughs> had an
1: ERA over 7.5 with yeah. Arizona after really
0: being Really sucked. Um, not good. And he's still not even great with a very bad Royals team, 4.76 ERA or so. I, I would still probably do this deal. You give up a 28-year-old and a PTBN,
2: right? Yeah. No. Most L. likely. It's supposed to end with an L. Uh, I would do this deal. I think I would... This deal... Uh, yes, if this is the deal, I would do it. I would not make this deal one of my top priorities. I would... <laughs> this do, is I, a depth... Diekman is yeah. not on the top of my list. If, yeah. He's a... He's a, a, a last resort. He's a lefty. He's probably a last resort, though. If you miss out on some of these other top guys and you n- absolutely get desperate, all right, fine, let's go after him. But I would say... This deal, yes, the one you're proposing, sure, let's let's do it. But I, I'm, that's not one of the deals
1: I'm looking to make if if I can avoid it. All right. So next up, another arm, Sergio Romo. He's kind of similar to Deek. He's like Deekman, but he has a better ERA and a little better track record. Where he's just a reliable, older middle of the bullpen guy. Uh, he was, uh, I'm basing this off of the Joaquin Soria trade from last year. Those two were kind of similar players. I love the
0: precedent, the historical. It's know, so we right? got a Supreme Court off justice something. right here. I mean, exactly.
1: Uh, so let's say the Nats have to give up uh, Kyle McGowan. He's the number 29 mm. overall prospect. He's still He's, considered
0: a prospect. Isn't he, he, he is. Yeah. Has he technically
1: exceeded his rookie limits yet? I guess not. No. There's no way. Interesting. Yeah, but it's a one for one. Kyle McGowan for Sergio Romo. The Nationals...
2: And Mike Rizzo in particular have an affinity for older relievers. And I get that, The old, you know, he likes veteran leadership. I understand that what they can bring to a bullpen and, and that the fact – and Sergio Romo has been there, done that, obviously. Um, three World Series with the Giants. But they just love their older guys. And I think we're starting to see, like, that doesn't always pan out. You might have to give up more to get a younger guy in here because – you know, I mean, we just talked about Fernando Rodney. I mean, he's not able to go as long as he used to be. I mean, yeah. uh, he's way older than, than Sergio Romo. Romo. Romo's only 36, but point still stands. Uh, older veterans, and, and you kind of did the same thing with Ryan Madsen. He was a little older when they traded for him a couple of years ago. I like, the, I like the idea of getting veteran leadership in here. It's just, can we count? I mean, what's his ERA this season? 3. Three seven 7. 7. 9. 3. seven nine.
1: But he is proven in the postseason. Three right. World Series runs. Right,
2: right. And he does have a strong, I think I looked it up last week, he does have a strong ERA in the postseason, say yeah. for yeah. 2016 against the Cubs. Um, uh, yeah. I, 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 again, this is one of those things I think this might have to be a last resort type situation. Like if you're missing out on other top guys, then and you need a guy, sure. Um, yeah, I would say deal. I would probably also say
0: deal. It's interesting. Another one of these guys that is on a bad team, and he's the closer on this Kyle bad McGowan's team. McGowan's a twenty-seven. Yeah, it's not like I looked it up. It's not like Kyle McGowan's like a spring chicken here. Like if he were like twenty-four, I would say, eh, you know, maybe hold on to him. Yeah, McGowan's McGowan's not exactly like budding with promise. Um, he's
2: still a rookie through this season.
0: Yeah. So I I would I would probably do this deal a, a sub four ERA for a guy who's got postseason experience is enough to convince me. However, will he be the same outside of with on a winning team now? I think so. I think his track record says that. Will he be the same outside of a closer role? I think he can be. He's been non a, clo- a non-closer in years past. Given his track record, I do this
1: deal. All right. And last Probably a little different than the other ones I've done. I'm going to throw three guys out there, and you tell me whether or not you would trade any of the top three prospects for them. Okay. Okay. The three guys would probably be the best pitchers, starting pitchers on the market, probably. We're looking at Madison Bumgarner, Mike Miner, and Marcus Stroman. Oh, man, they're going at
0: it. Okay. Yeah. Do you
1: trade any of the top three prospects to get one of those guys? I say maybe Mad Bum. Maybe. Maybe. You've got Mad Bum, who has proven that he can pitch in the playoffs. One of the best playoff pitchers maybe of all time. Future Hall of Famer. Mike Miner, who's having a fantastic season. And Stroman, who has shown really good potential not having the best. He's having a bounce back here. Wasn't great last year. And he, he's shown the potential to be a top of the rotation yes. starter. I say Stroman, no. He's only
0: signed
2: through this season. So is Mad Bum. Mad Bum hits. Oh, no, sorry. Mad Bum's a free agent after next season in 2020. Yeah. And Mad Bum is like becoming So you get Ma- so you get Mad Bum for a year and a half.
1: Yes. Does he okay. have a team up? Yeah. Yeah. Um he a team up.
2: I don't think so I don't know. I not know. So.
0: I, I uh, look, I know that Mad Bum is a was a great pitcher for a certain amount of time, is one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. I do think some of the hype around him is perhaps a little overblown, considering his age, considering He's a good regular season pitcher, not great regular season pitcher. He's not even 30. Um, and look, if, if this team gets to the playoffs, how many starting pitchers do you need? Three, right? Three. So three or four. I, I think a, you know, teams are going to want Mad Bum more than the Nationals yeah. to fit their team. And would they have to have him in the bullpen, so then you know, he's worth even less? I say Mad Bum, no. I say Stroman no because of his contract. And who is the third? Mike Miner what he's i would have to look at his he's uh, having a
1: fantastic season this I year. know
0: that he is is like in uh, a little bit up there he's 31 his contract yeah yeah 2020 um hmm, hmm.
1: I say nah, no keep no. in mind you'd also probably have to give up one of the top guys cuz yeah. the rangers are kind of on the cusp of a wild card spot still competing, not really sure what they're doing.
0: With the amount that this team has already invested into its rotation and with the amount of holes that they may have next year if they lose Dozier and, and Rendon in the infield and they have two very good infield prospects,
2: I say no. I, I would I would okay with giving up Denneberg for Baumgartner. I think Baumgartner's the only one on that. Because, Paul, I'm looking at his baseball reference page. He's a little more appealing than I think... He,
0: Yeah, I kind of undersold
2: him a little bit. You're making uh, he signed through next season, so you're getting it's not just one off. You know, it's not just
1: a. He's also only 29. It feels like he's been around forever. He'll be 30 in August, yeah. Yeah. Because during those Giants World Series runs, he was like what? He also just has an old face. (laughs) He
2: looks like he's (laughs) like 44. It feels like he's been in the league for like 20 years. I mean, he's he made his debut in 2009, um, and he's so he was 20. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. I think future Hall of Famer. Uh, four-time All-Star, three World Series, a World Series MVP. He's a silver slugger two times. (laughs) We know the Nationals love pitchers who can rake. Uh, And, and Paul, if you get Mad Bum, I think you start Mad Bum in the playoffs and you shift Sanchez to the bullpen. Yeah, so
1: you go one through four. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing. If you have, you know, a seven-game series, do you pitch? Do you throw four guys out there? Are, Are you okay as the Nationals? throwing all of your guys twice and maybe sure's are three times right yeah in a seven game series it's
0: and that's a great question it's just i, I have to
2: get to a seven game series first
0: if this were a... T- yeah exactly if this right. were a team that if this were one of the 2017 teams or the 2016 team like a team that had a little bit maybe more depth in terms of their farm system if they had some more sure things on the on the rise if they didn't have Anthony Rendon coming up for a contract uh, I I would do this, but I just think I just wouldn't do it considering if considering the price tag. I, think I would love if they yeah, were you yeah. know, it, Mad Bum is a huge boost to the team as are all three of these guys. I just think considering the price tag, I probably wouldn't.
2: I think it's a good question. All good points, and I think the luxury tax point that you brought up, Paul, was also a good point that we're not. But let's just for yeah. the sake of argument say luxury tax not a not a question. It'll, it'll yeah. be it'll work out. Um and this is why this game is so hard, because we've talked about like the Nationals farm system isn't what it used to be. There are tough, you you, you know, there. it's like a huge drop off. It's Carter Keebum, Luis Garcia, Denimberg, and then it's like Will Crow and a yeah. bunch of guys like they're not the right. top prospects in baseball. And Paul, your point about the infielders, I, I think any deals the Nationals are going to make this trade deadline, I think they're going to pull from their pitching I don't think we'll see them move. I, I really think Mike is going to want to hold on to as many infielders as he can because that's where they don't have a lot of depth. They have more depth in pitching, so that's where they'll where they'll shuffle, guys. Uh, so I think I'm okay with trading your top pitching prospect in Mason Denenberg for Madison Bumgarner for a year and a half.
0: Yeah, it's just... And, I mean,
2: and the possibility of him pitching deep into the postseason.
0: That would easily, I think... Fairly easily, well, considering what else you know. Who knows? The Yankees could go, go out and get
2: right, and like, also, yeah, also, um, here's but. another thing. And I, I don't know how. much I mean, obviously, we're not GMs, but like, I'm expecting the Giants to get a huge haul for they're they're I'm, they're selling right. They're selling. Oh, yeah. They're selling everybody.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, they could they could potentially know, trade Mad Bum, Will Smith, Sam Dyson. You sound like Stewie. <laughs> I mean,
2: pretty much everybody. <laughs> uh, they're 500. I know but they're not going to catch the Dodgers. They
0: are. They it's look. It's a new GM. All I'm saying is, it's a new GM. We don't really have a track record for them. and also they've been the
2: h- hottest team in baseball yeah. for the last two weeks. Yes, yes, yes. So Let's see where they are the I, obviously they're
0: not going to catch the Dodgers. Maybe they think they can catch the Nats.
2: They walk. they're two and a half games out of the walk. That's close. That's very yeah, close. Close. Okay, that's closer than they're I thought. They're
1: kind of in like that Rangers yeah. range. Of they, this these last two competing. weeks well, have gotten them back.
2: Right. Okay. All right, then that kind of they're, defeats my point. My point is, if they're going to be selling, that they're going to get a huge haul for their bullpen guys, and you can maybe try to get Mad Bum for a little less, right? Because they're already going to be bringing yeah. in the the prospects from other trades. I
0: mean, I I for a playoff rotation of Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, and Mad Bum, and he's also a lefty, San- so that you yes. have two
2: lefties and two righties you can throw out there yeah.
0: with Sanchez coming out of the bullpen. I mean, that is that's mind bogglingly good, but. I just think, considering the price tag, you got to keep the long
1: term. You
2: yeah, have two future Hall of Famers, maybe a third if Strasburg's career oh. keeps going. I mean, like, that's can yeah. that would be the that th- competes
1: with the Dodgers. Right? I was going to say I, that actually, might yeah. even
2: beat the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, going into the postseason. Yeah, but I mean, like, imagine a. I mean, it's also assuming that the Nationals catch the Braves and they don't have to play the Dodgers in the NLDS. So imagine a seven-game series in the NLCS against the Dodgers with those pitchers no. going at yeah. each other. that that yeah. be that'll be, that'd be a, amazing baseball
1: to watch. Yeah. So out of I'm these I'm okay deals, with the
2: idea of mad bum.
1: Out of these deals, which one is probably most appealing? Th- it kind of sounded like maybe the Sam Dyson That was the range. most appealing
0: to me, and I think that ultimately will be the most appealing to Mike Rizzo. I think that last one is a very fun exercise. I don't think that they're going to go after one of the top starters. I yeah, I agree. Um, but I think that a, a move for a middling to pretty good reliever where you don't have to give up a whole lot, and you just kind of bolster your bullpen just a little bit, maybe get an extra guy out of the, you know, get like two pretty good relievers, I think that's probably what they're going to
2: do. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that they're they're setting their sights on relievers, and maybe, I'm not completely discounting it, maybe like slip under the radar and grab a a starter if bullpen, like all their arms are just getting eaten up. Now, there is a high demand for starting pitching, like Paul said earlier too, but... You know, maybe they can slip under the radar because people aren't expecting them to trade for a starter. They're expecting them to trade for bullpen yeah, yeah.
0: help. One tiny thing also I do want to throw out there is what chance. I don't think it's very high, but I think after the, after pitcher, I think the next position that they might be looking at is just a bench first baseman. Considering Ryan Zimmerman just went down again last night. considering Considering Matt Adams is doing very well, but is still hitting 235-ish and they need probably somebody else to throw out there. So I think that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on, is are they comfortable with their bats off the bench yeah. and their first
2: baseman? They have three first basemen, though, because Howie Kendrick plays first base, too. He does, but Howie Kendrick is also, like... I know best.
0: that... It's hard to slot him into backup of every position. That's true, can, but, I
2: mean, you're going to... Yeah, that's, that's... Yeah, you're right, and it's, it's counting on yeah. Dozier... Um, Trey Turner and Rendon staying healthy and staying at their spots, yeah. And even maybe a corner outfit because I don't think David wants to throw Howie in a no. corner outfit anymore though. Um, but I could see I could see Mike Rizzo making a move where it's like somebody pulse to the bench, yeah. Some
0: cheap guy where it takes international slot money or some very low level
2: prospect just to get some very cheap option uh, that you can count on. That was that. Uh, that's how he got Howie Kendrick. Yeah, sure. So that's like uh, yeah, I could totally see that happening too. And that 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 was something that um no one saw it coming. Yeah. So that was a very sneaky move by him back then. It's also interesting that this is the one and only trade deadline. You have one shot at it. Yeah, There's no true. more trades after July 31st, so you have to go all in right now. Um if you're trying to make a deal. Brendan, thank you so much. That was a great game, great insight. Um, Intern Brendan, follow him at Brendan Morty on Twitter. And you can follow me at Bobby underscore Blanco at Paul Mancano. And you can catch the Mass and All Access podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Also watch on Facebook, watch Mass and All Access and uh, Mass and National's YouTube pages. For Brendan, Paul, I'm Bobby. We'll catch you later.